Well, shalom, everyone. Greetings to you. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well physically, but above all, we pray that everybody is doing well spiritually. And it's kind of a, that's one of the bad things about our situation that we're in currently is it's hard to gauge that necessarily when we're so separated physically. So our prayers are that each one of us are doing well in Christ. And we want to encourage that. And that is partly why we're on this theme of Shalom. And so today we address this thought of Shalom, the idea of wholeness, wellness, completeness, peace. And today we consider, first of all, all the background of what we've been doing over the last several Sundays is establishing this idea that Jesus came to guide our feet in the way of peace. When he healed, uh, there were two women that we looked at and considered. One was a, a sinful woman and one who had had a bleeding a problem with bleeding for 12 years and she was unclean and and they both had brokenness in their own way. And they came to Jesus and their and Jesus told each one of them is that your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you well. Go in shalom. So your your faith fixed things, brought wholeness to your life, and now you can go in wholeness to go in peace. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Well, today we're going to be looking at a verse, the verse that was read. And in here, Jesus says, do do you suppose that I came to grant peace on earth? I tell you no, but rather division. So we, we've been talking and talking and talking about Jesus bringing peace to earth. You know, we sing this, the song at Christmas time, peace on earth, goodwill to men. And, and here Jesus says what seems like quite the contrary. So if Jesus came to guide our feet into the way of peace, then why did he claim to bring division? And so we're going to be considering this passage um, and considering the implications of it. And it kind of um, hits, hits, hits me. It hits hard, I think. And so I'd ask you just to open up your minds and just to think for a moment and, and stick with me on this. And if anybody has any questions later, certainly contact me or, or ask the group at the end. But just consider for a moment, and this is going to be established by the context of the passage that we're looking at. When Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins, he forever fixed a divide between all men as either being saved or lost, saved or unsaved. There are two categories of people, the saved, the lost, um, those who are in Christ, those who are not in Christ. Um, Jesus talked about separating the sheep from the goats. You can call it the saints, those who have been sanctified or set apart. Even the very word sanctified, being set apart, indicates a division. The sanctified, are the, they're called the saints, and we often use the word sinner to be the contrast to that. You're either in Christ and no longer a part of the world, but you've set your mind on better things, 
or you are in the world. It is just a sharp contrast. There, you're either one or the other. There is no in-between. So when Jesus comes and he fixes the brokenness of a person, when he heals us from our sins and saves us from the condemnation that we deserve because of those sins, then that person, then we become immediately divided from those who remain broken, from those who are, who are still lost in their sins. And that is the point of Luke chapter 12, verses 49 through 53. So come here and read with me again this passage and keep this idea in mind that there is there are just two groups of people and they are divided. Those who are in Christ and those who are not in Christ. Those who are saved versus those who are lost. Jesus says, I have come to cast fire upon the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to undergo, and how distressed I am until it is accomplished. So now there's a lot, and these are intriguing words, but just consider Jesus is in essence talking about his death on his cross to where he is going to save the world, but not everybody is going to receive him. Not everyone is going to accept that message of salvation. So, but he is going through all of that. He has taken man's sins upon him to save us. And that is a very difficult thing that he is about to go to go through. And when he does that, when he accomplishes it, it is forever going to set into place this divide between those who are saved and those who are lost. Verse number 51. Do you suppose that I came to grant peace on earth? I tell you, no, but rather division. For, for From now on, five members of one household will be divided, three against two and two against three. They will be divided father against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother-in-law against daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. It's very pointed here that that families, which God all the way through, think about how important family was to the Jewish people. Family, family, family. Now, you, you don't disrespect your parents. You know, one of the Ten Commandments, that family unit is built together. And Jesus here is saying that families are going to be torn apart. And why is that? Well, you think of put it in that immediate context of Jews. Well, some folks after Jesus uh, does his work upon the cross to save us, then those who accept him might be absolutely divided from those who reject him. There was a sharp division there. If you believed in Jesus, then the Jews at large wanted to continue in that law of Moses and wanted the old ways, they would reject Christ. And so there was division brought to families. Division. Jesus actually brought division. Even when he brings an inner peace to individuals, a lot of times that sets us up for division with all of those who are around us. James chapter 4 and verse number 4, in the latter part of that verse, it says, therefore, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself 
an enemy of God. When you come to Jesus, you are giving yourself fully to him, and you must deny anything in the world. You deny that. You do not let that take the, the place of God in your life. There is a sharp difference between you and those who don't believe. So if you want to, the, the scripture says, if you want to be a friend of the world and you seek out the things of the world, then you're going to make yourself out to be an enemy of God. Now consider the, the context now of Luke chapter 12, verses 49 and following. Jesus is saying that there is going to be a sharp contrast between you who are in Christ and those who are not in Christ. And those people who you know who are not in Christ, those people who are not saved, I want to encourage you, and this is back on the, on the outline here, just follow along. And I hope you'll, you'll keep this outline and consider it and be challenged by it again. And I hope it'll be on your mind throughout this week. Those people who you know who are not in Christ, they're not saved. Their destination is hell without being right with Christ. Those people need to know that there is a great divide between the two of you. So for, for my friends, the people around me, my neighbors, those people, the acquaintances that I have and the family members that I have, those people who are not in Christ, they need to know that there is a big division between the two of us. And that's true of your life too. They need to know that there is a division. Jesus said, I, don't, I did not come to bring peace on the earth, rather division. This division is a very important concept, and I, I hope that this I hope this lesson will, will hit you a little bit hard like it has hit me hard. This idea that we are divided and we need to recognize that divide and not ignore that because it's as if, if these people who are not in Christ consider them as an enemy. Just consider that for a moment. Consider them as an enemy, but an enemy that you are trying to win them to your side. This adds meaning to the idea of the command that Jesus gave, and that command is to love your enemies. Luke chapter 6, verse 27, Jesus tells us to love our enemies. And I think we you can take that in the normal context of people who are actually trying to harm you or who acknowledge the fact that they don't like you, and they're very blatant about it. So those people are your enemies, and you're to love them. But what about these people that we treat as friends, and we get along with, and we enjoy time with them, and we love them very much, and we're perhaps we're around them all of the time, and we get along well? There's nothing wrong with us getting along with them and living at in peaceful terms with them, but they must understand, and we've got to get in our mind that this is important, that, that there needs to be a clear distinction that they know that there is, a, there is a divide between us and them. And we want to overcome that divide. We want them to become as we are. We want them to be in Christ. And here's the reason why. Because we've got a choice to make. There are two basic options that we need to consider right now. 
is that those who are in Christ, you've got to make a decision. Those, everybody on this, uh, this call, this Zoom meeting today, we've got to decide. And if you're listening to this later, this is a hard, this is the hard part of this lesson. And this is where I hope it kind of comes together and makes sense to you what I'm talking about. That we need to treat those. Okay, here are the, here are the two choices. Number one, we go ahead and treat those who are not in Christ as friends. Not pointing out the division that Christ brings. And then have those people hate you eternally for not telling them the truth. Now, if we, if we treat them like friends and we never point out this division, we never say, hey, I'm in Christ. I want you to be in Christ with me. I want you to be saved. If we don't do that and they die and go to hell, on judgment day, they hear the words, depart from me, and they are cast into eternal darkness where the worm never dies, where the fire never goes out. Don't you think those people would hate you eternally for not sharing with them what we're told is good news we're, for not sharing with them the truth. Those people that we're treating as friends like right now, and we're trying to do everything we can to get along, and we do everything we can to not hurt their feelings and to make sure that there's nothing that, that, that we would have problems with, that we butt heads with or anything. We, we do everything to keep the peace, which isn't necessarily wrong. But we never take this initiative to point out the fact that Jesus is the only one who can save them from an eternity in hell. If we don't tell them that, what are they going to think about us when it comes judgment day? And they find out, hey, you know what, Eric? Eric knew about this. Eric knew the significance of following Christ and what it means and how I need to be full, love the Lord God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And if I didn't, what the ramifications would be. Eric knew all that, and he never told me. He pretended we were friends. He pretended everything was all right. He never, ever warned me. What are those folks going to think about me for all eternity? You know, I, I I get mad if somebody doesn't share a nice place to eat. <laughs> you know, hey, you knew about this restaurant. Why didn't you tell me? You never told me about this. You know, we get, you know, hey, there's a, 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 a great vitamin that would keep me from getting COVID-19. You never told me about it. What was wrong with you? You know, we get upset about little things. Imagine your friends on that judgment day. And they're thinking of you because they knew that you knew the truth. All right. There's another choice, another option for you though. Another option for us. And that's for those of us who are in Christ, those of us who have been sanctified, those of us who have shalom. We've got some peace in our lives because we know the author of peace, the prince of peace. We're, we're good with him. Here's the other option for us, and that's to treat those who are not in Christ as dearly loved enemies that you are trying to win to the side of Jesus Christ so that they will love you for all eternity. 
And if they reject what you tell them, the truth, if they end up rejecting Jesus, at least they'll respect you for all eternity. Then on the judgment day, they, they, all they can say is, you know what, Eric warned me. Eric, Eric told me. He was respectful about it. He was kind about it, but he was firm with it too. He was pointing out that there was, there was something different between us and there was something that I lacked, that I needed. And he tried to tell me and I said, no, I ignored him. You know, at least Eric tried and now I'm getting what I deserve. These are the two options we as Christians have. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying try to make an adversary, don't misunderstand. I don't want you to be adversarial with your, with anybody who's not in Christ. There are groups that are like that, I guess, that I'm thinking about now. That's not the point. You can still get along with people just like you are now, for the most part. But you also have, we have to have the courage to tell people, you know what, you're, you're missing out on Jesus. And I don't care if you like me or not, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't care if you, you know, it's, it's like, it, I, I want to get along with you. I want to, I want our relationship to stay the same. I don't want it to be bad in any way, but I want it to be better because I want you to know the peace that I have in Christ. I want you on that final judgment day when Jesus comes back and I believe he will. I want you to be there with me bowing before him and, and uh, being welcomed into the kingdom, him saying, well done. I don't want you to be cast into hell. All right, it's 1045. I got a little bit of time here. If you look at Luke chapter 12, the theme of what you're, we're talking about is kind of this theme of it, it. As you look through chapter 12, there's a lot of, of judgment that's going on. There's a lot of Jesus say, warning about the judgment day. And on that judgment day, that's when he's going to divide the sheep from the goats. That's when it's going to become clear who those who are in Christ are versus those who are not in Christ, the saved versus the lost. It's going to become very clear on that day. And so we need to keep this idea of Jesus coming to bring division. Jesus comes to divide people into one group or the other. He wants everybody to be in the one group, doesn't he? But you can't get into the saved group until you realize that you're actually in the, all of us are in the lost group until we come to Jesus and give him our lives. This whole theme of that division is a part of chapter 12. I want to read a, a few verses of it. And I, I hope in your, your mind you'll hear how this all fits. And it's just the idea that when Jesus comes to bring peace in our lives and in our, li our, our whole lives, or when he comes to give us shalom, it doesn't mean necessarily that we're going to have peace with other people, but there might be division. Chapter 12, verse 4, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will warn you of whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he is killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, 
fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. Indeed, the very number, hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear, they are more val- you are more valuable than many sparrows. So in that passage, you hear this, this concept of, don't worry about, you might be divided from people in the world, but you can still have peace with God. Verse 8. And I say to you, everyone who confesses me before men, the Son of Man will confess him also before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. So, and you think just a little bit later, then he's going to be talking about this idea of division between families, two against three, three against two. What was the division? Well, I'd say it's those who acknowledge Christ, those who confess Christ, those who confess Christ before men. Consider that. Is that something that you do? Is that something that we do with those around us who are lost? Do we confess his name? Do we say a good word for Jesus? Do we tell somebody about the good news that Christ is? A little bit more of a, another, another verse. Let's just look at verse um, 13, 14, and 15. Someone in the crowd said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the family inheritance with me. But he said to him, Man who appointed me a judge or an arbitrator over you. And then he said to them, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one has an abundance Does his life consist of his possessions? You know, if if you want true riches, don't seek the things of the world. It's that our riches are not found in possessions. It's our riches are not found in uh, how big our the numbers are in our checkbook. True riches are are found in Christ Jesus. So let's let's consider these and I and I do want to encourage you to read go back and read all of chapter 12 of Luke. Have in mind this idea of of Jesus when he brings peace to your life that he separates you from the world. And he separates you from the people of the world and he separates you from the things of the world. You are now sanctified. You are holy. You are a saint. And that puts us in an adversarial relationship. There is a a divide between us and them. And it's not saying we're perfect. We still fall short, but Jesus is always there to still cleanse us, to sanctify us, to keep us holy. He does it. But recognize the divide. And I want to challenge you to, to think about other people as being, not that you hate them, not that you don't like them, not that you don't want to get along with them, but they are adversaries. They are not in Christ. If they're not in Christ, they're on Satan's side. But boy, we want to love them and teach them and bring them to our side. That way they can have peace in their lives. 
That way on the judgment day, when that final division is made known and clear to everyone, then they're given praise and glory to God for his wonderful work and for Jesus Christ who has saved them. There's also another, an extra challenge for anybody who likes to uh, dig uh, deep with kind of the uh, the theme that develops through this entire chapter of judgment and see how some of the words that quoted, when Jesus quoted those words in verse 53 that we read, um, uh, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter, that he is quoting from the Old Testament. And so I would encourage you to read Micah chapter 7 and see how that applies, how it impacts your understanding of the entire chapter of Luke 12. They fit together. Jesus quoted those words for a reason. So just consider, I, I don't, this is the idea of us being divided to be, to consider that we're on one team and that the people around us are enemies. That's a challenging and kind of an extreme way of thinking. And I hope it doesn't come off wrong that I'm telling you to be in an adverse, to, to just wreck every relationship you have and go out there kind of punching with the, the, the Bible verses, but it's a mindset. You've got to understand those folks someday they're going to stand before God and they're going to be considering the relationship that they had with you. Did you teach them the truth because you loved them and you wanted them to know what you know and to have what you have because of what Christ has done for you? Or do you not care? And if you don't care, then I'm afraid that might impact your, um, your standing on judgment day. So saints, the challenge is this, the impact is this practical application is be ready for the judgment day by helping someone else be ready for the judgment day. Do not ignore the spiritual division between you and the lost souls all around you. And if there's anybody here today you haven't given your life to Christ, there's two categories, those who are in Christ and those who are not in Christ, the saved and the lost. You consider this, and I, you, you need to call upon Jesus. He's the one who can take you and put you in the other group. Call upon Jesus to save you from your sins. And when you do that, it will bring a division between you and others. But it will bring peace with you and all the saints, peace with you and God. It'll, that's, a, that's the wonderful feeling is that you're going to be right with God. And you'll be right with all of us who are in Christ. And I just want to encourage you to call upon the Savior Give your life to Jesus. Don't ignore that divide that's between you and others. Be saved. If you, We're going to sing this song, and it's going to be an encouragement to you to act, and I hope everyone will consider Luke chapter 12 in its entirety and Micah chapter 7 if you want to go there. But act. Consider this. Think about it this week. Think about the lost. If you need to need help in any way, if you need to respond in some way, find us, let us know. Give us a call. We'll encourage you with this song. <laughs>